But that song, those lyrics of that song sound a lot like the Christian life, don't they? Bad mistakes, your share of sand kicked in your face, yet you come through it all. You come through it all because we are champions. No matter what we encounter in this life, whether it be obstacles or setbacks, we're always one step ahead. If you're a believer in Jesus, you're a champion. Welcome to the weekly podcast of Independent Methodist Church in Macon, Mississippi. It is our hope that this message will encourage you, strengthen your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Our title today is We Are the Champions. In 1977, a British rock band released a record that quickly became a hit. As a matter of fact, in 2005, they, they had a world music poll. And that song was voted as the most popular song in the world. In 2011, a group of scientists conducted a study, and they determined that that song was the catchiest song in the history of pop music. As normally happened back in the 70s, you know, they had those little vinyl records. They had those small 45s and had the A-side and the B-side. The B-side of that record was a song called We Will Rock You. The A-side, We Are the Champions, by Queen. Some of the lyrics of that song, We Are the Champions, go like this. Bad mistakes, I've made a few. I've had my share of sand kicked in my face, but I've come through. And I need to go on and on and on and on. We are the champions, my friends. And we'll keep on fighting till the end. We are the champions. Those, those two songs have played in tandem a lot of times at sporting events. They ended those concerts every time they had a concert. They ended with those two songs, the side A and side B. But that song, those lyrics of that song sound a lot like the Christian life, don't they? Bad mistakes, your share of sand kicked in your face, yet you come through it all. You come through it all because we are champions. No matter what we encounter in this life, whether it be obstacles or setbacks, we're always one step ahead. If you're a believer in Jesus, you're a champion. The end is already determined. The salvation is already secured. Paul reminds us that in Romans chapter 8. He said, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? And he goes on to say there at the end, Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors. Now if you look up that word conqueror and you look up synonyms for the word conqueror, you find the words like winner and champion. The Christian life is often referred to as a race. The Apostle Paul frequently compared it to an athletic event, a fight or a race. He wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race I have kept the faith. 
Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Now, we're going to be in Hebrews this morning, chapter 12. We don't really know exactly who wrote Hebrews. A lot of people think Paul did. Others think that some other scholar, some other writer did. We're not really sure that the author doesn't identify himself in the book. But in the first three verses of that chapter 12, the writer encourages the reader to stay in the race. To keep fighting. To keep pressing on. So we're going to look at three questions and, and find three answers to, excuse me, it's four, actually four, but we're going to make it into three. Four questions and four answers this morning as we look at how we need to apply this to our lives and how we can run our race and live our life. Let's look at chapter 12, starting in verse 1. God's Word says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such opposition from sinful men, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let's pray. Father, we ask your assistance this morning by the power of your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts through this passage, Lord. Help me to adequately preach that which you've laid on my heart to preach this morning. It's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. When we consider the way we're to live and how we're to run our race, there's four questions we need to get answers to. The first obvious one, why should we run the race? Why? Are we even in this race at all? If you've come to Jesus by faith and you've asked Him to be your Savior and your Lord, you're in the race. You're on the track. Your entry fee has been paid by His blood. It's because of Jesus, you see. Verse 2 of our text there says, Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before Him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then it goes on to say, consider him, speaking of Jesus, who endured such opposition from sinful men. It's because of Jesus we're in the race. When we come to him by faith, he died for us. He's the author of our faith. He's the completer, the finisher of our faith. Paul wrote to the Philippians in chapter 1 and verse 6 of Philippians, being confident of this, that He, speaking of Jesus, who began a good work in you, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. But sadly, so many Christians don't take their Christian walk seriously, do they? They're casual about their Christianity. Are you casual about your Christianity? Do you spend more time and energy and money doing the things that you like to do or your business pursuits than you do on focusing on God? How casual are you with your Christianity? And I have to confess to you, in my life there have been times where I have taken the focus off the, the right thing and have spent more time and energy focusing on the wrong things. And I think most of us would have the similar testimony if we really got down to the, to the brass tacks of it all. 
But we need to run the race set out before us. Why? So we don't deceive ourselves. James chapter 1, starting in 21, verse 21. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. He goes on to say, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away immediately, forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Once we're on the track, we need to get moving because of Jesus. And so we won't be deceived ourselves. Second Peter in chapter 1 says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. We need to be on the track and in the race so that we don't deceive ourselves. We need to be moving forward. The second reason we need to be in the race, in verse 1 of our text it says there, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. The writer reminds us in that previous chapter, chapter 11, of all those champions of faith that went on before us. And they suffered greatly, a lot of them did, and they never reached the, the promise on this side of life. But we need to remember and be reminded of those who kept the faith. Paul wrote to the Philippians in chapter 3, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenly in Christ Jesus. We need to run the race because of the faithful ones that have come before us. Because if we don't, then we're saying to them, your race didn't matter. If we don't, then we're saying to Jesus, your death didn't matter. We need to be in the race. But not only the witnesses that went on before us, but the witnesses that are here now watching us. That great cloud of witnesses surrounding us now. Our children, our grandchildren. And a generation yet unborn will be affected by the way we run our race here on this earth. What kind of influence are you having on people around you? Have you become a stumbling block to them? Scripture says we're all like sheep who've gone astray. You know, when one sheep goes in one direction, most of them follow. And you, can, you and I can go out here on the main street if there's a crowd of folks and we can start looking up in the sky just like this. Just stand there staring what happens? Somebody else comes by and they start looking up. And then the next thing you know, a crowd of folks is looking up and nobody's looking at anything, but they want to follow the crowd. And that's the way it is. If we stand there with our hands in our pockets on the racetrack of life, other people are going to stand around with their hands in their pockets as well. Just like a herd of sheep, a flock of sheep. We can become a stumbling block to others and drag them down if we're standing around on the track. So we need to be in the race because of Jesus. Because He paid our fare. He paid our ticket. We need to be in the race to honor Him. We need to be in the race because of the witnesses that have gone before us. We need to be in the race because of the witnesses that look at us now and see us. Because we can drag them down as well. The second question I think we need to answer is how should we run our race? How should we run our race? Look at verse 1 says, 
Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Perseverance, the dictionary says, is persistence in doing something despite difficulty or delay in achieving success. When you look at synonyms for the word perseverance, the word tenacity shows up. Determination, dedication, commitment. Those are all synonyms of the word perseverance. James 1 and verse 12 says these words, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love Him. There's probably two of the best examples of perseverance under trial. Came from the 1992 Olympics. A woman by the name of Gail Devers was the favorite to win the 100 meter hurdles for the women. The shot fired and they took off, left the blocks. She was ahead the whole race. She tripped over the last hurdle. But she didn't give up. She stumbled and crawled across the finish line. She ended up finishing fifth. But that didn't stop Gail. She went on to get several gold medals in other events during that 92 Olympics. She went on to get a gold medal in several events in 96 in the Olympics. All the way up until 2004, she participated in world championships and she won medal after medal because she didn't give up. She persevered. In 2011, she was inducted into the uh, Track and Field Hall of Fame because she had perseverance. The second success story, story of perseverance coming out of the 92 Olympics was Derek Redmond. His dad died just a few weeks ago, I saw it. Derek Redmond was the favorite to win the men's 400 meter race. He was from Britain. He took off two thirds of the way down the track. Tragedy struck. He tore a hamstring and down he went in agony and pain. Tried to get up, couldn't do it. People tried to come help him, couldn't do it. Finally, an older man comes running out on the track. He hops the fence and it was his dad, Jim Redmond. And he got down there with him he said, Dad, I've got to do this on my own. Jim said, you can't do it on your own, but I'll help you and we'll do it together. So he picks him up, he puts his arm around his shoulders and together they went across the finish line. When you and I are in the race of life, we encounter some difficulties and some different things that, that stand in our way and some pain and some agony. The Lord Jesus comes along beside us, throws us over his shoulders and says, let's do it together. We can't do it in our own strength, but we can do it with His strength. That's perseverance. And we never get too old to lean on the Lord. Listen to Isaiah 46. He's speaking, God is speaking to the Israelites, but you know, His words are eternal. His words for them were the same as they are for us. The same, he's the same yesterday and today and forever. Listen to what He says in Isaiah 46. Even to your old age and gray hairs, I am He. I am He who will sustain you. I have made you and I will carry you. I will sustain you and I will rescue you. See, we aren't alone in the race. God is with us. No matter how old or young, He is there with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He'll always sustain us. He'll always carry us. We ask the question, 
how do we run the race with perseverance is the first thing. Second thing it tells us to do there, and we ask the question about how we're to run the race. In verse 1 there it says, throw off everything that hinders. Throw off everything that hinders you in your race. You know when Derek Redmond and Gail Devers and all those others that run races, when you look at the film of them, They've got skimpy clothes on. They've got lightweight shoes. They throw off any extra weight because it slows them down. Are there things in your life hindering you from running the Christian race? Are there things that are keeping you from doing things you ought to be doing that your heart tells you you know you ought to be doing? I'm not talking about bad things. I'm talking about things that in and of themselves are not bad. Is television keeping you from praying or reading your Bible? Hunting or fishing? Does it keep you from church? Or does it keep you from spending time alone with God? Golf? I read a little funny story. A lady's husband went to play golf and she went, he went with his friend Steve and they were going to play 18 holes. She expected him home mid-afternoon. He didn't come home. 10 o'clock finally he came home that night after being gone all day long. She said, honey, what happened? He said, well, we got to, I was having the best game of my life. I was two or three strokes ahead. We got to the seventh hole and Steve had a heart attack. So for the rest of the course, it was hit the ball, drag Steve. Hit the ball, drag Steve. <laughs> Steve was hindering me, see. Do we have things that hinder us from serving the Lord? Things that we know we need to let go or things that we need to back off on? There's nothing wrong with things like that by themselves until they start taking you away from time with God. Until they, until they start taking you away from reading your Bible. Until they start taking you away from giving like your heart knows you ought to give. Until they start taking you away from meeting together with God's people on Sunday morning. That's when those good things become bad things. We need to lay those aside. You know, you wouldn't run a race well in a pair of insulated coveralls and rubber boots. There's nothing wrong with coveralls. I love mine. Nothing wrong with rubber boots. I grew up in a pair. But when those things weight you down and make it where you cannot do what you need to be doing for the Lord, then they become a hindrance. And the Bible says there to lay aside those. Not only should we run with perseverance, not only should we lay aside those things that hinder us, but the next thing it says there, we need to lay aside the sin which so easily entangles us. Your sins and my sins keep us from that close, right relationship with God. Isaiah 59 and verse 2, But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden His face from you so that He will not hear. Our sin entangles us just like a long scarf or a, a rope dangling behind us. You ever got your feet or your hands caught up in a rope or a fishing line and the more you tried in your own strength to get out, the more tangled you got? Finally you had to ask for help. That's the way our sin does. When we try to free ourselves with our own strength, we can't do it. We cry out to Jesus for help. He'll untangle us. That's the way our Christian walk works. When we reach out to Jesus, He removes all those things that are binding us. We lay them at His feet. Turn it over to Him. 
We've talked about the why that we're running the race. We've talked about the how. There are two more things. We'll lump them together in one bullet point. That's the where and the when. Where and when should we run the race? I think it says there in verse 1, let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. That's the where. It's marked out for you. It's marked out for me. Each and every one of us has a lane to run in. When somebody enters into a race, they have a specific lane there to run in. Your lane's not my lane, and my lane is different from the person next to me. But each and every one of us has to run in our own lane. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul writes about the different kinds of spiritual gifts. Everybody's got different gifts. Says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. We have all different, have different talents and gifts and abilities, but God expects us to use it right where we are to further His kingdom. Right where we are. 1 Corinthians 7 and verse 17. Listen to this one. Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. There are people whose lives I can't touch, but yours can. There are people that I can touch that you'll never know. We all have a lane to run in. That's the where. And the next thing is the when. When should we be running the race? Now. We should be running now. I looked up the average life expectancy in the U.S. yesterday. Average life expectancy for women is 81 in this country right now and 76 for men. And I just tell you this morning, if you're here and you're over 40, which is everybody in the room, you're on the back half of the track. As my dad-in-law says, you're breathing somebody else's air. It's time for us to get serious about the race. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3, forgetting what lies behind, but looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on. doesn't matter how we ran the first half of the race. What matters is how we start now and for the rest of our lives run our race. We can be effective for the kingdom. It's time to get serious in the here and now. We should run the race because of Jesus and because what He did for us. For the witnesses that went on before us. For the people that see us now and we can interact with now. We should run the race how? With perseverance. Laying aside sin. Laying aside any hindrance that might affect our witness and affect our race. We should run in our lane. We should do what we can do. What God has gifted us to do with our own specific set of talents. We should do it now and for the rest of eternity until our life on this earth is over. There may be someone this morning that realizes you're not on the track. Maybe somebody will listen online that realizes you're not even on the track, not even in the stadium. God is calling us to come to the race, to be in the race, to join the race. We need to get in it. We need to do what we can do for the Lord. Jesus paid it all for you and for me. If you'll come to Him and surrender it all to Him, He'll make you an effective 
race runner. And he'll declare you a champion because we are the champions, my friends. If we are in Christ Jesus, we are the champions. And we'll keep on fighting to the end until he welcomes us home and says, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of our Lord. Would you do that today? If there's some need on your heart this morning, would you bring it to him and lay it at his feet? Let's pray. Father, we're grateful for the sacrifice that you made, sending your son to die in our stead, Lord, and just to, Father, help us to take to heart the responsibility that we have to run in our lane and to run with the gifts and talents that you have given us to, to use to further your kingdom on this earth. Father, forgive us where we have maybe not done a good job of doing that in the first half of the race, Lord, but help us in the last half of the race to run with perseverance and run for you. We run for the prize. As Paul says, the high calling of God, heavenward. It's in Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.